and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm the Gnarly Gnome. This is Cincy Brewcast, but you knew that because you clicked on it on your phone or whatever you listen to podcasts. I guess you could do it on a computer, too. Do people listen to podcasts on their computer, or is it all phones? I think it's all phones. I, I don't have a computer, so... <laughs> um, so you know what you're listening to, but um, welcome back. It's another week. It's another episode. Uh, before we kind of dive into it, I have to thank you for being a listener and for supporting the show, whether you do it by sharing it with your friends or supporting on Patreon or whatever you do to support it, it exists because of you. So thank you. Um, we're here. Firehouse Grill and Brewery with uh, Justin Peepaw Cheney back on the show. Um, number three for the show. Yep. Um, it's been a little while since we got you on here. And um, this is a fun project in a lot of ways. And <laughs> I, I can't wait to dive into that. But we need to run around the table. Everybody introduce themselves first so people can hear your voice and uh, figure out who you are. We'll start here and we'll kind of work our way around. I'm Molly Davis, owner of Firehouse Grill and Brewery. I am Justin Cheney, um, Justin P. Paul Cheney, uh, head brewer of Firehouse Grill. And I'm Jamie Campbell. I'm the executive chef here working with Justin. I'm excited to talk about that side of things, too, because um, one of my favorite things about a, a brew pub, which is what this is, it's, it's, a, it's a brew pub, I think, to probably like the, the purest sense of the word. It's a, it's a brew pub the way that... Um, I love to see brew pubs, um, not just your own beer on tap. You've got other beers too, so that people could kind of try things that you don't necessarily make and see kind of how it all works together. But, um, I'm curious to see how the kitchen and the brewery are going to work together, but, um, that's getting ahead of ourselves. We need to, <laughs> first, we need to do something that's very important for a beer podcast. From the beer fridge. We need to drink a beer. And, uh, Justin, you put a couple in front of us here. Mm-hmm. Um, you said there's a brown ale, which, um, I don't remember the names off the top of my Blue head. Ash brown. Blue Ash yeah. Brown. I should have remembered that one. That's an easy one. <laughs> and then Summit Saison. Is that right? Yeah. Um, because it's Justin, so of course we have to have a saison. Kind of your sig. I think I've had more saisons brewed by you than I think any other person in the universe at this point. You've, well, of course, uh, you've had some fun ones around town, and uh, I'm excited to see where this one kind of sits in your saison evolution. In my folder, <laughs> right? Um, but let's. Uh, which one do you want to start with? You want to start with the saison? You want to start with the brown? Uh, let's go with the brown. That one's the coldest. <laughs> <laughs> talk about this one a little bit. Talk, talk about um, what you like out of brown ales and kind of where you went with it. Um, so it's just like a kind of like a light brown ale. It's 4.8% uh, English brown ale. Um, kind of has like a little cherry character on the back end. Um, and I just threw a little bit of chocolate in there just to kind of give it that chocolatey characteristic but i want it to be a little bit lighter right so that's kind of why i went with this one so it, it's, in, it, it's got that kind of nice little snap on the finish that yeah. makes it kind of yeah it's a little more refreshing and not as heavy as some browns a little bit balanced be. so yeah it, that's kind of what it went through um, I like it a lot. It's uh, it's one of those beers that, again, we'll get there, but to me, would go really, really great with food and a lot of different types yeah. of food. It's There are some beers that it's really hard to find things to, to pair up for me, and um, this is one that I think would hit on a lot of different areas, be it a, a burger or um, something grilled and like that That kind of... Um, it's, it's good. It's very yeah, well done. Um, while we kind of work our way through that, let's talk about the, uh, the brewery here. Talk about... Um, 
size system you're on and everything and, and what you got going on. Um, so we got a four barrel uh, system here. Um, we have two mash tons, two boil kettles. Um, and so we can do double batches um, for the seven barrel. We have three seven barrel uh, fermenters, two four barrel for small batches, and then uh, one seven and one four bright tank. So we can double batch if we need to, or if we want to do smaller batch, we could do um, little batches on the uh, four barrels. So. so you can double batch basically at the same time? Yeah, so of we can, we can brew really the same day. batch on both uh, mash tons and boil kettle, so which is kind of nice. That, that is really nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting used to it, but uh, we're, we're getting there. <laughs> well, it, it kind of opens things up, too, if you want to do some of those bigger beers that if you were on, you know, just the, the four barrel into a, a, a smaller yeah, fermenter that which, you, you might not be able to, uh, to which do. I do have a, uh, barley wine in the works. So <laughs> well, that's going to be fun. <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, it's that time yeah. of year where I just crave big, heavy, you know, uh, yeah. beers and, um, yeah, there's a barley wine in the works, which is going to be, uh, that's going to be a doozy. <laughs> you, you also don't have any shortage of tanks here. I've seen some places open up and yeah. um, they don't have as many tanks as I think they need, especially you guys have 40 taps out there. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the idea as far as how many of your beers versus other beers are going to be on at a given time? Or is that something that you're kind of going to figure out as you go? Or I think the idea right now is to start off our grand opening weekend with six of our own and then 40 other selections from national and other local craft brews um, to balance it out and then maybe work up to 10 to 12 of our own, but still keep um, predominantly the national and local craft brews on tap. Um, how, how the decision on what goes on tap now versus uh, talking about other beers versus your own beers. Um, how is that, how does that discussion happen? How do you guys kind of figure out what to, it was almost a lot easier when you didn't have your own beer. You just, if it's, if it's a great beer, you put it on or is now you kind of want that balance somehow. Like how does, you know, where, where does that conversation start? How does it happen? Well, with 47, there's a, a lot of wiggle room, but we want to have a, a balance of options of the different varieties out there. But also, um, we look at what sells and what is going well, but also we want to have a balance there too. So it's kind of yeah. striking to find balance between right. having a balanced offering and then what's popular and what's selling, what's in demand. And what fits in the cooler. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have a report? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's interesting to me when you, you have to, you have to kind of play that, that game a little bit too, when you you're, you're still dealing with distributors coming in and trying to get you to buy certain things, trying to, yeah. you know, if you want this, you need to have bought this, that could, you know, I don't know that that's a hundred percent legal, but it happens. And yeah. you know, it's, it, that game gets a lot harder too when I think in their mind, you're competing with their brands. You're now selling your own beer versus just other people's. I don't know. It's 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 interesting to me and to watch how kind of how that that dance happens and uh, yeah. how it how it develops and um, it's it's gonna be fun to watch. <laughs> Trust me, it's been fun to experience. <laughs> um, does it does it shape the beers that you guys? decide you want to put on tap that you brew um you know if if you 
don't have to necessarily have that beer that's the 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 light beer the you know when somebody comes in and orders a Bud Light they get this because I assume you guys have Bud Light somewhere even if it's just in bottles you know it's does it you know make that a little bit easier to kind of make those decisions on what you brew or what you don't brew absolutely it, it's it's kind of cool because like we you know kind of look at the numbers and see what craft brew like what beers sell the best and mm-hmm. then like we can kind of go from there. And that way I can kind of get an idea, like, what we're going to brew, what we're going to put on tap, what I can play with, and this and that. And just kind of see, like, okay, like, I can, I'll do these, like, core beers, and then I'll, you know, other things I can just play around with and see how those sell. So it's kind of, that's how it kind of works out makes sense yeah <laughs> um what are the things that you're most excited to get the chance to brew that maybe you you haven't well as many people know i'm a very <laughs> traditional brewer so <laughs> i like to brew uh like i'm brewing an english mild in a couple weeks um i'm gonna do a new england ipa of course because everyone loves those um and yeah i don't know saisons <laughs> i'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> experiment with that <laughs> I know Jamie loves uh, saisons. He was so excited when I when I gave him a taste of that when it was ready. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we should try that one since you uh, since you no, mentioned I, it. Um, so, you, how does this? Uh, how is it similar? How is it different from other saisons you might have made in the past? Um, I use actually different malts in this one. I use Dingmans, so uh, I used a couple different malts in it. Uh, switch up the the hot build and. Um, I think it's a a little bit lighter than what I've brewed in the past, so um, I think uh, I wouldn't say it's my favorite saison that I've ever brewed, but it's uh, right up there. It's great. I I, um, I notoriously on the show I've said it more times than I probably should have that I'm not a huge fan of the big kind of Belgian estery kind of things. Yeah. Um, this one sits right in that that sweet spot for me with the the good kind of fruity bubblegum thing going yeah. on and. Uh, of course, um, uh, it's it's delicious, as um, I'm sure you are well aware. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> um, I think this it might be me and Jamie's favorite beer. Yeah, by far. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, just because of your love for the style, or is it because of the food side of it? How fun this one is, also uh, to pair with stuff. So I, I mean, I'm I'm a craft beer guy. I like it. I brew it I, at home. I do things at home with it, but. Um, the flavor uh, characteristics. Uh, right now, I'm working on a saison uh, green curry muscle. Uh, oh, for boy. some reason, the it works really well that we're going to try to to run as an app or whatever. So um, everything sticks out. That kind of goes with it. The clove, the banana, everything. It's kind of a it's a great it's a good fit. We've tested it and it worked out pretty well. Yeah, so, it's uh, very easy to cook with actually. Yeah, it is. How much? Um the the menu here how often is that something that's changing is it seasonally changing is it are you guys completely changing the menu to, as the brewery launches and kind of kicking off a whole new thing yeah so right now we have planned um for the 20th uh we'll probably do uh, six to ten items more of a gastro more of an upscale kind of feel uh that we've infused um that's pretty much i guess all i've done here with the with the new menu some form of his beer is in what we've done uh, we, we're doing the brown ale uh, braised a short rib oh yeah phenomenally uh, we're running that as a uh, beef and cheddar beer cheese beef and cheddar kind of play thing and uh it works well it, it tastes good the notes are all there 
Um, and then I said the Saison with, with the mussels, and we've done Blonde Ale. We've switched his amber to our beer cheese, which improved that dramatically from what other brand we were using. Um, the traditional Man. stuff I like. I, I yeah. like. I like messing with things. I know we've talked about doing some. Yeah, it's hopefully I get to jump in there and yeah. collab one with him here, do a chef, chef oh, yeah. series here. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, oh, why wouldn't you? Right, 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 right. <laughs> That's about the world, right? You're gonna, you're gonna be standing up here and you can see right That's into right. the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, it, it opens up the door for a lot of really fun stuff that other places might not be able to do or do as as well when you have um, a team that can that can work so closely Absolutely. together. Yeah. And, me and me and Jamie have been working working together like since day one I mean, yeah since we've seen yeah, we saw each other it was, it was a good connection actually yeah. I think, you know. it's he's helped me with recipes and like he's you know like we kind of like say like oh you know like hey should i do this should i do that oh yeah i should do this and that and like i was like oh that'd be good with this and that and like so we just kind of like work right. together and like kind of it's well, it's a I, I team right there. That potential kind of as you guys kind of settle into it as you get ideas in the kitchen. You're like, you know what? Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of playing around with this idea. You know, what can we do that, you know, we can put on tap that Absolutely. would that would go with yeah. that or, um, you know, help make that. You talk about infusing stuff yeah. into there. You know, it's yeah. Uh, yeah. It, Jamie created a Reuben with an infused slaw. Yeah, that it was, was just, Justin's yeah. IPA. It, it, it was a smoked uh, corned beef Reuben, kind of a play on a Reuben, but it was, yeah. it came out well. And that was the, the IPA and, settled into that one pretty good too yeah. so good, <laughs> one of good balance one of my favorite um beer memories when um, I had just first started blogging and uh, Moreline did a big uh, winter beer festival down on the, the event lawn there. And part of that, they did these little uh, small plate beer pairings with something. And there was like these little Reuben wonton something or other things that they mm-hmm. paired up with that, um, that Helltown rye. I don't know if you remember that at all. The, yeah. Um, and the, the rye in the beer with the little Reuben wonton thing just yeah. blew me. It changed my opinion about that beer completely. And it's, mm-hmm. it's neat to me. Jamie, how get my notebook. <laughs> you, can, you can have, you can have a beer that you, you know, very well, or that right. you've, you've, you've drank plenty of times right. and then you put it yeah. with a certain dish and it'll pull out other flavors. You're like, Oh my God, I, I had no idea that that was even in there or vice versa. You know, a beer yeah. with a dish, it pulls out other things. Like, Oh my God, part, like where, know. where was that? You know, 10 yeah. minutes ago before I had this beer and it's 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 fun to me yeah, and that's when it's done well it's yes. uh you know there's a lot of um poor beer pairing yeah. things that people do and it's like oh, come on you know just mm-hmm. you know push yourself a little bit harder to, right and that's the cool thing now that like you know I, I never worked at like a restaurant that had a brewery right. in it and so like now that i get to brew my beer and then like taste all the you know the food that's infused with my beer it's it's kind of cool and like you know i starting to learn like food and beer pairings a little bit better than I previously knew so like now it's like we get to work together and it's it's super fun it's awesome and you know there's there's a lot of breweries that have opened up that you know six months into it realize oh you know shit we need some kind of food option for people and so then they're scrambling trying to just make something work um you know or or vice versa and and it's it's exciting to see something like this developing in you know the the restaurants already established the the idea of running a bar is already established you guys know what you're doing in in that regard so to be able to add the brewery aspect into that then it's it, it, it's leaving you um, a little less stress on certain sides that maybe other places you know when they get thrown into are like oh no what do we do yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's exciting to me to see. Um, 
kind of that path that I, I, you know, off the top of my head, I can't think of anybody else locally here that's kind of taken that same path. So, yeah. Um, let's talk about the the journey of what this place is. So, this was one of my first breweries that I ever went to um, back in the early two thousands, probably ish. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I don't know that I was. 21 when I, uh, well, I don't know <laughs> I, I remember I remember sitting you know kind of at the the top of the bar at that side of the high top table and definitely drinking a beer but in my head I don't know if I was actually 21 <laughs> um, but um, so this was Watson Brothers um, um, kind of the the last little uh, hurrah of the uh, Queen City Brewery Group before it kind of uh, collapsed upon itself and it closed and there was a couple other places in the space and then uh, Firehouse came in and um, talk about that a little we'll talk about the uh, the journey of a firehouse from from when it opened and what it, what kind of the idea was to now. Initially, we just had such a good experience when it was Watson Brothers, Mm -hmm. and I think that definitely played through with our idea of opening it. But Watson Brothers, I think, started off with um, fancier outfits and had a little fancier take, and we just wanted to be an everyday Blue Ash place that you could come six days a week to. And um, initially, we started off, we had... 12 beer taps and I couldn't imagine that we would need anything more. I mean, I thought of the lineup that you would have of the national brands and I just thought, well, you know, case closed. Just named every 12, 12 beers that are out there. Right. exactly. (laughs) And, um, it was in our first couple years. Um, it wasn't actually long after we were open. Some of the, um, staff members we had on who were talking about how exciting this craft beer movement well, was. It Some opened in what, 2011? Is that 2011, right? 2011, yes. So that's you know, pre-Mad Tree, pre-Rheingeist. You had, what, Rivertown, Rivertown uh, Mount Carmel, Carmel yeah. Listerman, yes. kind of, but I don't think they were distributing it all yet. You know, like. Exactly. So, I mean, it was just gearing up, and it was just some of the bartenders and some of them on the cusp of the revolution that was starting to take place were like, we need to get more taps in here, and they had a convincing case where we were like, that's the direction we need to go. We knew we were about beer drinking. We just didn't think it extended beyond eight taps and it blew our minds. We just kept that started us moving into more and more of the local craft beers and making sure we had, we went up to 47 on tap plus a bottled beer selection and, um, started integrating it into the food as well because it's been an exciting revolution and it was the history of this building and it's just a neat community of the drink local movement and being a locally owned business here in Blue Ash, um, just trying to pull in that community aspect too. It's, you know, it's, it's also hard to remember what Blue Ash was like in 2011 versus now, especially on the beer side of things that, you know, there weren't a lot of places to go grab a beer in Blue Ash that were good places that were focused on good beer. You know, it didn't exist. Whereas now you've, you know, in a very small radius here, you've got March 1st and you've got fretboard and you're going to have, you know, uh, higher gravity coming in down, down the street. And like, you know, it's, it's a little hub of beer excitement now, whereas back then it wasn't really like that, you know? And so it's like, it, it just that, that growth and that change. And, you know, I don't want to say it's because you guys are here, 
but I mean, it kind of, you know, it definitely shows people that, hey, look, there's there's beer drinkers here. There's, you know, whether it's people that live here or work here, whatever that thing is, this, you know, this this type of customer definitely exists here and other places obviously noticed. <laughs> so it's exciting now to, um, again, to watch kind of how that aspect of it has enabled the beer drinking community of Blue Ash to, to grow and to keep making a destination for people. You know, I, you know, I, 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 this is kind of in between where I work and where I live. And so it makes it that place that now it's like, Oh, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to stop, you know, I'm away home and, and grab a beer, grab some dinner. And, um, whereas but I've driven past it before, if it's just one place or something like that, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's fun watching the, uh, the growth. <laughs> yeah. And it's changed what we bring in on tap too. I mean, it's really gone year to year. It's a revolution and we enjoy visiting all the craft breweries too, and tasting what they've got there, finding out what's popular and selling well, and then bringing it in on tap too. So right. we can have it here too. Well, and you know, if, if, you know, if somebody does something that's fun or uh, new and exciting, like you don't have to try to then bring it back and try to replicate it yourself. You say, you know what, we appreciate this. You know, we, here it is. It's, it's right on tap next to our beers. And that, I think that's um, something that gets lost at a lot of places. There are a lot of places that do have guest taps or are able to do guest taps and don't. Um, but I, I always appreciate when you can see beer people kind of, uh, I don't know, showing their respect to the other things in the industry, if that's the right way to put yeah. it. But, um, you know, everybody at every brewery drinks other people's beer. They just, you know, you don't always get yeah. that chance to talk about it when oh, you're sitting at the bar. Yeah. Which that's what I like too, is like, we're like, I'm in cohorts with other brewers, like doing collaborations that we can keep here, keep on the, the taps at the, the breweries and, such and such so like we we can still kind of like have that like vibe like we have other beers on tap but we also have this collaboration with so-and-so brewery so i think that's kind of cool too um so are you in talks with people to do some collaborations yes you want to throw out any hints nope Um, You'll see. (laughs) I mean, the advantage of um, you uh, having worked in just about every tap room in Cincinnati is that you have lots of friends. (laughs) True. (laughs) Um, I do have a lot of friends in the brewing industry. (laughs) Let's talk about the the opening tap list. So um, the Sycamore Blonde, Blue Ash Brown, Summit Saison, Aviator Amber, Flight Path IPA, and then you guys mentioned in the press release that there's a, a wit coming soon. There's a wit. And a stout coming soon. And a stout. Um, Which may be a coffee stout. We'll see. <laughs> is are, are these going to be kind of core beers or is it something that's going to rotate on a pretty regular basis? Um, I think the first five are going to be pretty rotating, but we're going to start doing some other things. And um, just kind of like, you know, like we're going to do... I have an Irish red that we're going to do for St. Patrick's day. Um, and just kind of, kind of rotate them. But like, I think those five are going to be the core beers of like what we are and then kind of move on from there. And if something doesn't sell well, like then we'll switch it out for something else that does sell well. So, right. And that's kind of the, uh, the nature of a brew pub too is that right. you, you can you you never really know what you're going to expect yeah. when you walk in. There's always going to be something different and something that's yeah. timely and and you know either pairs with food or you know seasonal or yeah. whatever it may be. And that's the fun with it too. It's like we can 
kind of experiment and see what see what uh lasts and see what you know sells and this and that like i know the the amber the ipa the the brown the amber uh saison we'll see if it sells hopefully fingers crossed <laughs> well you know it's <laughs> for my yeah. sake <laughs> but it's you know it, it i feel like um you know even five years ago or you know you know pick a pick a time frame i feel like Saison was not as understood then as it is now. I feel like there's yeah. been, even just in that short of a amount of time, a big transition in mm-hmm. um, beer knowledge on the average com- consumer yeah. side of things. So, um, I well, think it's, of course, it's prime time for you know. Yeah, that's why like I love that. saison so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's there are some beer styles that um, I've heard referred to as kind of uh, you know brewers beer styles, be yeah. the uh, um, like the pilsners beer, and <laughs> the thing that everybody keeps wanting for it to take off and be bigger that it just Clean doesn't. IPAs. And um, Saison always falls into that category too when you talk yeah. to people. And it's like <laughs> I feel like we're getting really close to it. And you know, pilsners and lagers and things like that. I think we're really close on that too. Um, I feel like this hope. this this movement of um, big giant beer flavors, be it fruit or hops or you know whatever it is, um, has kind of given people a little bit more of a, a desire for the other side of things too. So, uh, sorry for 50 North. <laughs> well, we, we don't <laughs> talk about them anymore <laughs> because yes, there is a, uh, an equation that you can do to figure out how much alcohol is in your beer. <laughs> <laughs> Got all the tools over here. Um, the, uh, I talked a little bit about the, you know, the community that's happening here in blue ash with, with fretboard and, and March 1st. Um, how did that affect the decision to add a brewery in here? Did it make it easier to make that decision or to make it harder or. I don't know that it played into the decision really. I mean, there are a million breweries in Cincinnati now. Mm-hmm. I mean the, the pace, every time you turn on the news, there's a new one every day. Um, we felt from our standpoint that we have this existing restaurant. We've been doing it nine years and craft beer has been a huge part of our journey. And we just wanted to go back to the roots of what this building was and offer a few offerings of our own among this mix. So it wasn't about crushing another brewery because we still intend to have them on tap. We enjoy right. being in part of a community with them. It was more just to embellish upon the craft beer direction that we've been going on for nine years and we love working with fretboard and we love March 1st. You know, I think that being in community with them and still having our own unique piece of the pie, we can all work in the same time. On, on the flip side of things has, you know, as there have been more and more breweries and more and more places that open up definitely different than it was in 2011. Is, is there any kind of fear about, and I hate using the word beer bubble or whatever people want to call it, but is that, does that fear exist? Is there a concern that we're hitting some kind of point where there's too much choice for people? I, I guess time would tell if something like that were to happen, but I, I guess we feel like we've hedged our bets from the standpoint of we're not just a brewery. We are a full-scale eatery that has the Blue Ash community eating here for lunch without beer and then coming for the happy hour later and then maybe having their 40th party or their baptism or their whatever event with us as well. So I, 
I mean, I guess if it turns that way and we've got 47 taps, we turn some to wine taps. I don't know. You know? Here we go. Wine and cider and seltzer. It's all going to be. Exactly. So I you're mean... saying I have to learn how to make wine. Okay. I, uh, I'll buy a book tomorrow. Um, I think, you know, there's a lot of people that. Um, I guess I have to throw myself in that thing too because I ask the question, but they like to talk about that, you know, big looming thing of beard, you know, stopping this growth that it's on. And I just, I, I can't see it happening. I think that, um, every time a new place opens, it strengthens this whole thing that we've got going on and it brings more awareness and gets more people to sit down and try a craft beer that maybe they wouldn't have otherwise. I don't know. I, know. I think there's <laughs> a generation being raised on this Renaissance right. and I don't know that they're going to close the door to that book, but I mean, I, I mean, guess, you know, people my age, like I, it was really close for me that I never had to drink bad beer. You know, when, when I was growing up, there was, always good beer you know it it got a lot easier to find at a certain point but you know we you know (laughs) whereas you know kids that are that are turning 21 today or almost 21 today you know whatever whatever (laughs) i'm not not gonna judge (laughs) you know like look at the selection that they've got you know as they're as they're heading into their beer journey and this this idea behind it it's not the culture around beer has changed. It's, uh, it's not just that thing that you, uh, you know, do a keg stand at your college party and, yeah. and get as drunk as you can and whatever. Or um, chug a white claw. <laughs> you know, it's, there's more to it now. There's, there's this whole, um, culture being built up around what beer is. And, um, I think that's exciting to see as they continue getting older and they continue influencing people around them, what, what that means for beer. Yeah. So, it's exciting. Yeah, it's, it is. Uh, it's it's really fun stuff. Super fun and cool. Um, we're you know bigger picture stuff. Look at Cincinnati as a whole. You guys have a, a unique perspective on it because of um, what this place has been in the the last um, few years of of watching it grow and evolve. Uh, where do you see this beer scene in Cincinnati going? Where do you you know does do we keep growing the way we are? You know are we that may well be the case. I mean, I are we going to see more places like this that start, you know, popping up in different areas of town? You know, be it an existing bar restaurant that's like, you know what, like, why not make our own beer? You know, yeah. And there are several places doing it now. Yeah, yeah I think uh, Basil's on the green yeah. or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. Basil's, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people doing it. I, th- I mean, I think it's just an added, it's an added attraction to your to your establishment. I mean, it's it's cool. Then if you can produce good beer too on top of it. I mean, it's, yeah, only, that, it's only going up, yeah. I think, from here for sure. As long as you brew good beer, that's right. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I guess that's the uh, the overarching fear when you hear about places, you know, kind of taking that that dive is like, oh my god, you know, who are they gonna who are they gonna lean on to to do this for them? Are they gonna you know cheap out and just grab some guy that's you know been home brewing once or twice and thinks mm-hmm. he knows what he's doing? Or are they gonna um, really push to get somebody in there that knows what they're doing? And uh, you know, so far, I think I think we've 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 nailed it around town where everybody is doing a pretty good job. You know, there's mm-hmm. some places that are definitely better than others, but um, everybody's trying to at least improve too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think um, I'm going to word this very carefully because I I. I loved the guys at, uh, I still love, I guess the guys at, at Queen city. Um, that was one of those few places that, that didn't make it. And it was, 
it was here in, in Blue Ash. And, you know, they kind of blamed the community around them for not embracing <laughs> them. Um, kind of. I think that it was yeah. it was probably worded poorly. But um, do you guys think that the uh, the Blue Ash community is uh, is ready to embrace a, a, a brewery? Or another brewery, I should say. I guess they are because I guess that's our bet, you know. <laughs> um, it, I, you know, I guess you know. Going back to that that fear, is there is there any kind of um, any kind of does that does it raise any red flags I, that they? I think they might have been ahead of their time a little bit. I mean, I was certainly a patron here when it was fire or when it was um, Watson Brothers and. At the time, the craft brew it was just getting started. I mean, it was very in its early days, and I thought, why would you want anything else besides what was came in the brown bottle, you know, that was <laughs> yeah. that? And it just tasted, some of it, was, you know, had a bite to it or it tasted so strong. And I, I agree from stand standpoint that it was a little ahead of its time, but now, I mean, we're in full-fledged renaissance it's a major college kids in town are majoring in you know beer production these days so i think it's so i guess i should have specified which queen city i was talking about (laughs) there's uh there was another yeah the little queen city yeah um uh, Uh, what do you what do you think justin um did you, did, I think, you, did you know those guys at all? Yeah, you, like, I knew Jason, the head right. brewer. Um, good guy. Um, I think they kind of went too, too fast, I think. I think they should have, like, kind of what I did. Like, I had a buddy that wanted to open a brewery when I first started homebrewing, and he thought it was, like, the best idea ever. And I was like, nope. I was like, <laughs> I want to I wanna work production for at least 10 years and so like some home brewers kind of get that idea like let's open a brewery like right. everyone's opening breweries let's do it right now and i was like nope i was like i want to work production brewing i want to be a professional brewer before i open a brewery ever like and so i think they kind of like step their toe in the water too soon so i kind of think that's kind of what happened i've been there a few times and right. You know, it was always a good experience, but it, I don't want to get my, you know, I don't want to dip my, all my toes in the water, right. but I think it was just kind of too soon that they kind of opened up. Well, it's, you know, I, you know, making beer and, um, running a brewery are two very different things and not, yes. not to say that they didn't know what they were doing, but, um, you know, I, I feel it, like they knew what they were doing, but I mean, like there's a difference between, running a business and brewing like so like i feel like you have to have two separate people doing that so like Uh, one person brewing and one person running the business that's why i'm not a business person that's why i'm a brewer and then you throw throw a kitchen into that mix (laughs) yeah and that involves a whole different and that's why jamie makes the food (laughs) but it you know it it does take a uh, a certain type of person to recognize that from day one and say you know 
I don't know what I'm doing with this or, yeah. you know, I, I've always been impressed with the places that are, maybe it is a home brewer or somebody that was making beer that yeah. decides to open up a brewery and then is able to recognize that they need to take a step back and bring in somebody that knows more than them to, yeah. to kind of take it to that next level. Exactly. Um, and there's, yeah. there's several of those places around town that are, it's always, like, gives me, um, a little more faith in what they're doing when I say yeah. that. <laughs> and that's why you always have to have that one, like, like if I were to open a brewery right now, I would have no idea what I'm doing. Right. Like I don't, I'm not a business person. I don't know anything like that. And that's why I like running the, the brewing side of things because I know what I'm doing back here, but I can never open right. my own brewery. So, well, it, you know, running things takes a very different type of personality yeah. than it does to, to, to make beer or to run a kitchen or whatever yeah. it is. It's, and uh, so that's why I'm glad I have Bob and Molly and... <laughs> And, and Jamie here, so he can run the food, and um, I'll just make the beer. Let's talk about kind of your uh, your your road to craft beer. Um, I talked about how there's a lot of people that always had good beer, but we all know that that's not necessarily the case. That there was there's definitely that that moment for a lot of people where they were turned on to craft beer, they discovered it or whatever it is. I don't know if we've ever talked to you about that on the show or not. I don't but, think so. Um, what got you into craft beer? Um, actually, uh, let's see. I think I was 19 and I was helping my brother. He was uh, in a softball league and um, I was helping him unload cases of beer and it was Hootie Delight. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell is this? And he was like, oh, it's Hootie Delight. You want one? And I was like, yeah, sure. So I cracked one open, drank it. And I was like, this is beer. <laughs> and I, I actually didn't start drinking beer until I was around 21, like mm-hmm. drinking beer, which is everyone is like, Lord by. They're like, you didn't start drinking till you're 21. I was like, yeah, I started brewing when I was like 22. But anyway, so yeah, had a Hootie Delight when I was 19 years old. And I was like, this is cool. So 21st birthday, I bought a uh, 12 pack of Hootie Delight and um, also bought a 12 pack of Sierra Nevada, I believe. And I was like, it's two very no. crazy ends of the spectrum. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, fancy beer. And, um, yeah. So after that, I was like, IPAs are pretty good. Well, did you did you like the Sierra Nevada the first I time? I did. You had yeah. It? So that's yeah. You know, I've heard a lot of people say that you know IPAs and and bigger hop well, beers are an acquired taste or something. I don't I was, remember ever not liking it. I was either. also yeah. I was also a barista at the time, so like the bitter bitter taste yeah. is it was like it was like cool. Like you know, I, I didn't like stouts for like two years. Like I never brewed a stout. Like I always brewed IPAs. Um, and, uh, so I always hated stouts just because like I was drinking coffee every day at work. Right. So like then, you know, had an IPM like, oh yeah, it's like bitter, it's, it's light, this and that. So that's kind of what got me into it. And then I started brewing like a year later. And, um, after that, it was pretty much my <laughs> journey from there. Just started bartending and then worked my way up to where I am now. So would you credit coffee with the thing that kind of turned you on to the flavors of beer? I would say, yeah, it kind of actually taught me like, yeah, it taught me like noticing flavors in beer and coffee as well. So like kind of helped me out. Like even when I like brew coffee stouts, like I know like what I'm looking for in a, in a stout and like what I'm going to throw in there, what kind of coffee I want to do. And like, um, all that stuff. So like I had to take like an entire course of like 
being a coffee master of Starbucks and everything. So, (laughs) yeah. Uh, What about you, Jamie? How how did you get into craft beer? Uh, I was I was probably about twenty one too. I guess so. I was uh, working at a a restaurant in Glendale called the Iron Horse Inn, Mm -hmm. and I've always been in some form of more fine dining. So more fine dining places tend to have more. You know, upscale beers, upscale wines, things of that nature. And uh, mine was the Red Leg Ale from, oh, yeah, from, from Barrel House. From Barrel House, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. And that got to be one of my things. Um, we That was my shift drink. That was everything. So I started there. And then uh, there was a, a chef, Jack Rouse. He's a pretty pretty well-known guy in the area. He's working with Listerman, I think, now on a, their project downtown. But um, he said, yeah, he, and then it was Newcastle. So then it was, new, and it was imports for a little while. So, and then I, I just, I never, don't think I ever really looked back on. But nobody ever does. Right. I mean, yeah, it just went, and it, you know, the whole hop thing for me was never a issue with, you know, what you're here with most people. I, I'm good. I'm a hop head anyway. So yeah. it's we, good. But we actually did throw some hops in a, what was it we did the other day? Uh, it was a hop cream. We were, yeah. we were messing Ooh. around with uh, for, a, for, a, for a sauce. Yeah, that we were trying. been there. Yeah, that it actually worked. It, it worked well. So yeah. that's the cool part for me now. Um, I've been a part of breweries and beer tastings and beer dinners and all that fun stuff, creating and working with other brewers. That's That's been a really cool thing. Yeah. But uh, to be able to have the ingredients here, the hands-on, you know, there's a lot of stuff yeah. that I haven't done in my culinary career that... You know, there's ingredients yeah. sitting all over this place right now that right. that I can I want to I want to use. That's so my fun. exciting part too. Is mm-hmm. like is like learning a little bit more. Like you know, like I've done the cicerone thing and everything, and like now it's like fun to like learn. Like me and Jamie work like every single day. Like I'm like need some beer today, and like like yeah, I'll take some of the saison or I'll take some of the amber, and like we're gonna do some of this and this and that, and like I'm like. You should try this. Like some some guy told me, what was it? Uh, the cauliflower. Beer, yeah, yeah, the cauliflower. Yeah, beer, beer, better cauliflower. I was like, oh, you should try that and this and that. So it's like kind of fun to like whatever I'm brewing back here, and I'll tell Jamie like, hey man, I'm brewing this and that, and the like he was like, party. oh, we can, <laughs> yeah. Party. It's like I'm I'm brewing a stout, and he's like, oh yeah, like we can do some uh, like maybe some brownies or like some yeah. chocolate cake or something like that, and you know it's. What about stuff awesome. with um, with spent grain and things like that? Are you guys playing around with anything uh, there? We have talked about it right yeah. now. Um, I have not dabbled too much with that. We'd have to figure out the million yeah. stuff and all that right. jazz as far as that went. But you know, I, I, we do a lot of parties here. We have three party rooms that I mean yes. we can do up to almost a hundred, over a hundred people in one of them. So yeah. um, I'm thinking, you know, when we have those sit down dinners, to have that you know spent grain dinner roll or, or whatever, just something something that attaches to the brewery when they yeah. come here. They kind of they know where they're coming. Yes, yeah. I have a uh, a buddy who played around a little bit with um, not necessarily the spent grain, but with um, pretzels, and he was um, using the yeast from beer sure. for the pretzel dough itself. And I feel like some kind of spent grain bread that then uses the yeast from that beer yep. too to kind of. I think if there's some really fun stuff that could be done. There, Absolutely, then. Jamie, get my notebook. I, know. <laughs> I mean, that's what I, I tell Justin. I tell Justin regularly. I said, what, what him and I do, I don't think there's much of a difference. And as a chef. That's what I enjoy. You know, he's writing the recipes. He knows the ingredients. I write my recipes. I know my ingredients. And when yeah. we can mesh those two together, that's, it's, yeah, it's going to get fun. Uh, yeah. I think it's going to get interesting, too. So <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> right. We'll see. I'm, I get a little kooky sometimes with stuff. So we'll see what happens. We'll see. <laughs> Uh, so Molly, I think we kind of got an idea of kind of where your craft beer uh, um, journey started. You were talked a lot about Watson Brothers, but uh, was that it? Was it? Was it before that? Was there some other thing that kind of got you 
into Watson Brothers to appreciate the beer. Well, in college, Zima was all the rage, so it's a miracle I made it here today <laughs> from those humble beginnings. <laughs> I mean, if they're listening, please bring, please bring it back. I think, I think they said they're going to bring it back every summer now. I think. Oh, I hope so. Uh, I think. Oh, really? Wow, yeah. yeah, we put a Jolly Rancher in it. Just yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Fruity. Yeah. Multi, but uh, yes. So in the early days, I mean, I think there were some browns like a honey brown or just some softer browns out there that maybe were the gateway towards right. trying some different craft beers. And I think through the years with all the different breweries that have opened in Cincinnati, we've been going to all of them. We've been excited to put them on tap here and we've been making, we love to run out after work and just try some of what they've got going on there. So I think that as Cincinnati has burst into this revolution, I've been along for the journey, just checking out what's going on and it's exciting. Well, you know, you guys, you were definitely on that forefront of this whole renaissance happening in Cincinnati's on the, on the, the consuming side, you know, is, you know, well before you could, you could have a tap room, you know, there were breweries, but you couldn't go in there and sit down and have a beer. You had to have places like this and there were not a lot of places like this. And, um, I, I, I hope that people kind of understand that this isn't just some restaurant opening up with a brewery and say, Hey, yeah, we want to do this too. And understand, um, where you guys kind of sit within this, um, this bigger picture of craft beer in Cincinnati and kind of give it the respect that it deserves. And, mm -hmm. um, I'm excited to see if, if, if people kind of get it and get the whole story here. And, uh, um, I hope that there's some kind of a beer that, uh, um, has some kind of Watson, um, name to it. Yeah. <laughs> I, th I think, I think we're in the planning of that. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, all the beer types have, the names are all based in the blue ash, right. blue ash history and the, the building history. So I'm sure that, Watson will make its way in. Right. <laughs> I kind of wish that we could name it Sushi Sushi Saison. <laughs> right out there, it says Sushi. Right. It makes me laugh every time. Well, what was the uh, what was the place that was here? That was the the sushi place. What was the name of that place? It was named Absara. Absara. Yeah, so that's what it was before we were here, and there was a giant um, water wall where they right. had their sushi bar out here. So there was water coming down all the wall and. We tore it down. It was one of our first things. They couldn't believe we did that. And now the water just flows out of the tanks <laughs> when I'm cleaning them. There's, so there's, there's a new water feature. At least. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a little different, but... Um, so grand opening is the weekend of February 20th. Um, and you guys are doing a whole bunch of fun stuff that weekend. You're going to have, um, the, the new food for people to try. You're going to have obviously the beers on tap, um, some keep the glass specials. Um, right. what else do people need to know about that weekend? Well, we're going to be doing brewery tours, meet the brewer and, uh, you're going to let people meet him. I know. We're right? supposed to let him out of these doors. <laughs> We'll know, have right? some swag giveaways. <laughs> so it should be fun. We're looking forward to it. And um, we're gearing up all our beer production right. for 2-2020. Yeah. 20, 20. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I got a lot of work ahead of me. Well, you know, the good news is I've, you know, there's been plenty of stories of people who open their doors and then they just run out of beer because they had no idea how many people they were going to have. Been there, done that. At least, at least you guys aren't uh, up shit creek if that happens. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we painted, planned it ahead of time because like I, 
I don't want to run that beer. Right. <laughs> literally been there and done that. Well, hopefully, once well, you've done it once, it'll never happen again. Oh, but we'll yeah, see. No. We'll see. Yeah. It's it's always hard to uh, anticipate what um, what that reaction from people is going to be and uh, how many people are going to show yeah. up and and drink all your beer. <laughs> Scares me. Um, well, guys, um, that about does it. That's a. Uh, that, that that's about it for the show. All right. Yeah. Uh, is there anything you want people to know that you think they don't know about um, Firehouse Grill and Brewery? I don't know. We're on the corner of Pfeiffer and Reed Hartman Highway, so that big thing across from Summit Park. And uh, you guys are on all of the social media if people want to follow and kind of see what's going on in the events and things like that. Yeah. Um, it's exciting. I know. I've, I think I've used that word like 14 <laughs> times this episode. But it's I, exciting. I, it is really, <laughs> yeah, right? It's, it's, it's really excited. exciting. Yeah. Um, I, like I said, I, I, I have such a, um, a, a tie to what this place, um, what it meant as Watson Brothers, what it's meant as, uh, as Firehouse. And uh, I'm yeah. excited to see kind of how it grows into this next stage of things. I'm nervous, excited. All the things you uh, should uh, do. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Well, guys, thank you very much. We uh, will be back next week. I think we're headed down to uh, to off track next week. So if you don't know anything um, about them, which I think a lot of people don't, uh, we're going to talk mm-hmm. about them and and see what's going on with them. Sweet. Uh, <laughs> have a have a beer and a hot dog at the Dunlap. Hell yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, if you uh, have, don't share the show with your friends already, share the show. If you uh, want to support us on Patreon, you can always go to uh, thegnarlygnome.com slash support and it takes you to the easiest way to do that and um yeah there's a new episode of drinking with the gnome coming probably this week if it's not already up when you're listening to this and uh (laughs) then every monday night you can listen to the weekly pint which is the live stream just kind of talking about everything that's going on in the midst of all of this gnoming that i do (laughs) (laughs) and uh thank you guys i i appreciate this a lot and i'm excited to uh um, see so you guys open your doors and well open your brewery doors how does that work i don't know <laughs> don't open the brewery door it gets hot back here open the taps up with yeah, uh, yeah. with your beer and leave um, me alone and see how people um how people uh how latch on to it and uh thank you since you the voice of sensi craft thanks nomi yeah. <laughs>